We're here to shine a light on the forgotten generation. This is the Modern Gen X Woman podcast, and I'm Jackie Gadeen. And I'm Amy Bishop. We're business and career coaches who work with women like you. And we are pissed. You should be too. Because we have not been seen or heard, and that changes now. Listen up, because we're going to share with you insights and ideas to make these years our best years. F you, midlife. Unless you have a personality disorder, you probably don't like conflict. I'm a pretty strong-willed woman, surprise, surprise, who doesn't take shit from anyone, and I hate conflict. My pulse rate goes up and my palms get all sweaty because I know I can't put my head in the sand and wait for a situation to just subside. In this episode, we're going to talk about are you an avoider and how to face shit. Mimi. Jackie. How are you? I'm great. Are you an avoider? I don't I'm, think you're an avoider. I'm not at all. an avoid. I'm not an avoider, but I don't like conflict. Yeah. So some people, most people, don't like conflict. I get all sweaty. I get Ugh, it just. It's just not my yeah. thing. But I'm not an, an avoider. But I also have become the kind of person who doesn't have to. go after everything at every level. And what I mean by yeah. that, I'm trying to explain that, right? But what I mean by that is, while I don't avoid, I also don't make big things anymore out of right. things that don't need to be a big thing. Right. So I don't have to bring, I don't have to smooth everything out because I don't, not everything bothers me the same way it did when I was young. Me too. And that's a bit, that's a big shift because I remember uh, being so much more sensitive. Yes. In my younger days. And I think this comes with age, this idea that... I wonder, for me, I remember very clearly... Like, I used to be the person that used to get really offended or upset about things. And after my sister passed away, I was in my... I was 28. That was, like, a big, like, life... It was obviously, like, a big upheaval. And I did a lot of introspection. Like, nothing mattered anymore. Almost to the other side like ah eh, whatever until i realized well you know you can't be that pa- i don't want to say passive i just didn't think it was worth it because i knew what was what really was worth it. what was worth it right and so i was like what are you making a big deal over it for but i think it did go a little bit the opposite you know opposite way but i don't think that i never considered myself an avoider because of that i considered myself more of a uh to like it just didn't seem important. Why get annoyed about it? Right. Right. Like a perspective kind of thing. I don't think I'm really an avoider now necessarily, although there are some situations maybe I'll avoid <laughs> now that I say that out loud. Well, it's funny. my brother. Uh, yeah. See? So it's funny because I uh, I recently, Scott and I were um, doing something. We were watching TV or something. And he's like, can you... Can you get me ice cream? He, Scott's not a sweet eater, but he likes his ice cream. And so I didn't know that about yeah, Scott. Yeah, he likes his ice cream. He's like, can you get me ice cream? And I went in there. I was like, oh, there isn't any left. And he's and then he he went on like this little like a tear, like a tirade, like a toddler. And I've seen Scott. I've seen Scott like yeah, like that's I, I know, but funny. it was like and when he does always that, eats the ice cream and, and, and like on and on and on. And so normally, because not that I'm an avoider, but normally I'm like. 
Normally you would get anything. Right, I just normally wanted, like, you would get in the car just, and go get ice cream. No, yeah, or or I would just like sit there and let him rant and rave. But I was like, you are acting like a toddler. And he was like, he's like, yeah, I always stick up for her. And I was like, I'm not. But you're acting like a. T- it's nothing to do with it. But I went. The only thing I wanted. You know, never. And I was like. You're acting like a toddler. He says, you know what? I'm going to go watch TV over there. And so I didn't avoid it. I just right. I was like, you're you acting like it. a t-. So I think that I've become better at that, even right. though normally I'd be like, oh, it's going to start a fight. Or right. And I was like, no, he's acting like a toddler. I'm calling him out on his shit. Yeah. And so I did. And everything was fine, you know. Yeah. But it's one of those things where sometimes I'm like. Well, sometimes you bring up a good point. Like sometimes I think you need to do it in, you need to build up your skill for it mm-hmm. to doing it in lower stakes situations. Is helpful, right? Right, where it doesn't feel as as scary. Now, in this episode, Jackie, Jackie and I wrote this episode a while ago, so you have to remind me. Are we talking about general stuff or people? Everything. Oh, she, oh she's giving me a look. Everything. Like. So I think I'm really good at facing like stuff because I'm a problem solver. Yeah. So people that are afraid to look like at their bills. You know, I mean, I've opened up my bills and been like, oh, my God, like I wanted to vomit. But I have also then been like, oh, this is the plan. Right. You know, or face difficult situational things. I think I'm very good with that kind of thing because I am a planner. I am a leader, like problem solver. So I'll be like, all right, this is what we need to do. Let's go do it. But where I struggle more are difficult conversations I will avoid conversations with certain people that where it just feels uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And like my brother is one of them, right? Where it's, we've got older parents and I'm doing 95% of the heavy lifting and it's frustrating. Yeah. And it's like, can you put your dish in the dishwasher? Yeah. Damn it. And I still haven't had that conversation in a year. That's crazy. <laughs> so that's crazy. Yeah. And you, there's, I think there's also a way to do it, but I can, I can understand that. I right. think, I think what I have recognized is if I was an avoider, I couldn't be a good coach because in coaching, well, that's we have to, yeah. we have to say stuff that isn't easy for people to hear. And now I don't, I, I never, never stomp on people, right? but, but if somebody is in a situation and this, and they are not in the right, you know, they're going off on like this, that, and the other thing, I can't sit there and say, Oh yeah, you know, your boss is a jerk. That's not my spot. No. Right. My, my job is to get them to see both sides and to get them. So it, I ha, you can't be an avoider as a coach. You actually have to shine a spotlight on things, but it's how you do it that, that it's how you it. do it. Exactly. Like if you think coaching is all about like, good job, honey. That's not no, what that's it's a about. Cheerleader. Yeah, that's cheerleader. Right, a coach or a helicopter a, mom, one right. or the other. <laughs> oh, right, but, right, but what I'll say, right, what I'll say sometimes is like, all right, I'm going to tell you this with love. Like, this is what's coming up for me. I right. think that you know we need to look. Like, what happens if we look at it this way, or we shift yeah. a perspective? There's a way to say that versus being judgmental or nasty about it, and which that, is probably what I can do with the situation. With I'm coaching myself here with the dishwasher conversation. You know what? I feel like I got a lot on my plate right now. No pun intended. Can you put your plate in the damn dishwasher and not leave them downstairs for right. five days? Because it's Who's gross. You're a grown adult. I know. This is another conversation. Okay, that's another conversation. Let's, let's not go on a tangent. I just dropped my papers. So, uh, that's crazy. Anyway, <laughs> when I think about this, though, I think about how 
you know, if you're listening to this, let's start here. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, am I an avoider? Uh, we're going to give you a list to kind of get you to think about that. And if you are an avoider, you're not going to be able to reach your professional success that you want. So if you are an avoider, you need to call us and we need to have a discovery call because in order to really excel professionally, you need to be able to face hard things. And we can help you do that. And I want to say that because we all deserve to make a lot of money to keep striving and get to wherever we want to go. So reach out to me, Jackie, at moderngenxwoman.com if you want to do a discovery call and you find yourself avoiding instead of going after what you want. So Mimi, can we talk through some of the signs that we can share with our listeners and our audience and right. you ladies about if you're well, an avoider? Right. So a, a classic is you are afraid to disagree with anybody. Right. And so like, you don't need to go into a full scale battle with someone, but you could just say, oh, I don't think I agree with that. Right. Or, you know, we look at things differently or we have different perspectives. Or what another, another way that you, another sign is if you pretend everything's okay. Right. So. And you're feeling, though, and meanwhile, you're feeling it like, yeah. inside. Like, yeah, I'm fine. And you're and a telltale sign is your voice will probably get higher. Yeah, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. fine. Or they'll say fine. Right. Fine. No, fine. No, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, or another one is, do you withdraw at the first sign of a disagreement, right? As soon as you see conflict, even if you're not in it, you like, and you kind of feel yourself shrivel up. Right. right? And this can't. is common for people. I mean, a lot of times, and again, so much of the way we are formed and the way we react in our day-to-day lives are based on things that happened from when we were 10 years old. Yeah. So if we were raised in a family where there was very little conflict and then there was conflict, that can feel really scary. On the flip side, if you were raised in an environment where there was a lot of conflict, that can feel very threatening. So if you are witnessing a conflict between two coworkers, that can feel like bring that trigger, those emotions, because that's how deep they're embedded, deeply they're embedded. So, you know, these are just things to be aware of. And there are lots of layers to this also, like Jackie said, that you will want to really unravel. These are things just to kind of get you started. You know, what happens for um, those of us, and I say us because this was me for a long time, who are passive aggressive in the way we communicate so we don't have to say it directly? Yeah. That used to be me. Really? Yeah, I used to be passive aggressive. What would you do? I would say I would just give jabs. I would, mm. I would jab people like, oh, yeah, that was that was smart. You know, like I would just right. instead of or I can't give it a good example, but I used to be I passive you aggressive. Mean. Okay. You know, like I would say things without saying things. Sure. So that uh, I didn't have to say it directly. Right. Which is such a cowardly thing to do. Right. But sometimes I'm like, I just get my point across without having to having to say that. Right. 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 So, well, sometimes it feels easier, too, because and. Especially, it depends upon, I mean, there's really an art to having difficult conversations, Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of practice. With that said, though, sometimes the person who you are trying to communicate with is just a difficult, not only is it a difficult conversation, it could be a difficult person. Right. But even if it's not, some people just avoid it anyway, right? Because that's just who they are. They're an avoider. They're an avoider. Exactly. Like, they just don't want to face what's coming down the pike. 
Yeah. And what happens, another uh, way to think about if you're an avoider is if you, if you value harmony over authenticity. Mm. And this is interesting. I had a colleague that I used to work with, and then he were, ended up working for me. And he, in Strength Finders, his, one of his strengths was harmony. And while I appreciate that now, back then it was a struggle because he would rather things be harmonious than authentic. Or not authentic, but harmonious to the detriment of not having a difficult conversation when need be. And as a leader, you can't do that. Right. Right. Everything can't be harmonious all right, the time. Right. So you really need to be, and if, so if, if that's one of your strengths or one, one of your core values is harmony, it can feel really out of character for you to have to have a difficult conversation. However, it has to happen in order for any relationship to progress. Absolutely. Otherwise, or, you're not authentic. Or thing. So, what's coming up for me is my. I'm gonna call my mother out a little bit. It's always our mom's fault, right? Like she is kind of like that. Like she likes harmony, and she won't really disagree with people. And that's why I know I'm struggling with this thing with the dishwasher. Yeah. Because this is like a you know an embedded thing. And I would be the one that would kind of open my mouth, and then it was like, "Well, you're the bad guy, mm-hmm. right?" And everything. Right. Like everyone else could be doing stupid stuff, but I'm the one that will get called out. This happened recently, but that's another story. Anyway, um, where was I going with this? Oh, I one of her famous lines was when she was describing like a situation, someone else's dynamic or situation. And she'd be like, you know, and then, you know, so-and-so always has to be the fly in the ointment. Right. So if so and so had a comment to make or a point that might have stopped the whole process, then that person was a problem. Mm-hmm. And what I have learned is that that is not like getting things done just to get to the finish line in a harmonious way doesn't mean that the job is done well or right. Like sometimes you must be that fly in the ointment and you need to stop things and look at or question things, not because you're trying to be difficult. You and I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. One of us will have a comment or, or I'll say, well, wait a second. Like, and I'm not trying to be a dick. No, I'm just trying to say like, I don't know. Like, is this the right way that we should be approaching this? Because maybe we're, you know, or Jackie will call me out. Like you're going down the rabbit hole of organizing too much. It's not necessary. Right. Well, you yeah, know, it's, it's, it's we like, have, but we have to have these conversations. It's not like you're trying to be the fly in the ointment, you know, that's, that is absolutely correct. And I think that that's, that's part of what we need to make sure that we're constantly doing and thinking about is how are we, how, what, what is our coping mechanism in order to avoid, right? So um, if, if you find yourself, uh, blaming others in all situations instead of recognizing your culpability, you're an avoider. You're avoid. You are you even avoiding looking at yourself and what's really going on. Right, and that happens a lot because it is so much easier to say it's their fault, it's their thing, it's it's, it's my boss did this wrong. But everything has two sides. Everything. Everything and is. I think even in the hardest situations. You can always look at what your contribution was to the situation, even if the person is clearly at fault. I think it makes sense to say, well, I mean, first of all, the truth is you cannot control anyone else or how they're going to respond or react. It's just a waste of breath and energy. But what you can do is respond to yourself. So even if you were thinking about something that didn't go well and it wasn't necessarily your fault, and I'm putting that in air quotes, you could still look at the situation and say, well, 
how would I do that differently? Right. Where's there room for some improvement? Yeah. Right. What about those who have toxic positivity? So if you have toxic positivity, you are most likely an avoider because you're not seeing things for... And you don't want to avoid the hard feelings. Right. Everything. You're just like, oh, it's all good. It's all sunshine and rainbows and it'll be okay. And because you're avoiding the reality of of the situation. Um, So another, another way to know you're an avoider is if you get overwhelmed when you think about having to do something that feels right. big well, that's or the scary. Thing, like, people or, get, they freeze. So I've heard this expression, and I'm the opposite. I tornado, yeah. right? Like freeze or tornado. So something happens, either you go into this mode where you tornado. You're like, oh my God, I got to fix this. Blah, blah, blah. Like, right, you can imagine. Or some people freeze and they do nothing. Yeah. Right. And they just kind of hope it goes away. And a lot of most of the time it doesn't. Yeah. Well, I want to share something when you said the tornado thing, because I'm like that, too. But and it's interesting because what happens when I tornado, though. So, for example, when my mom, you know, my mom's been going through a lot of health issues. And when something happens with her health, I tornado to be like, what do we do? Let's call this doctor and I let's fix the problem. Right. But what happens when I tornado is I avoid the emotional part of that. Right. Which is not good either. Yes. So yeah. by taking action, it's great. I'm not avoiding the action piece. But you're avoiding the emotion. But I'm avoiding the emotional piece. So I really try to say like, I'm going to tornado through now. Right. And then I'm going to allow myself to collapse. And that's okay. Right. right. Or to, right. to, to, to let the emotions wash over me. But right. if I don't do that, it ends up coming out in different ways anyway. It, um, yes. Or, or it makes you sick. Right. I remember when my sister passed away, but I didn't want to deal with this at yeah. all. So I tornadoed into work. I mean, I did what I had to do. I knew it happened. It wasn't like I was avoiding that, but people would say, are you, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then I would be like, <laughs> I would throw up out of nowhere. Yeah. See? And I'm not someone who gets stomach sick very often. So this was like a new thing for me. I'm like, what the hell is going on? It was that. Yeah. It was that. You cannot avoid these kinds of things. And eventually then you do collapse. And I don't think that's good either. I do wish we need to do another episode on this. That you need to be okay with having hard feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't feel great. How could you make yourself feel as comfortable as possible as you're navigating through them? Because it's uncomfortable, but it's life. And yeah. if you try to push them down or... It just, it never, it never works out. It doesn't, it doesn't work out. So Mimi, can we talk about why we avoid? Well, this is interesting. In some ways, sometimes when we avoid things, there are benefits. So this became very clear to me. I mean, it's the most obvious is if you avoid taking out the garbage, right? What's the benefit? Well, someone else might take it out for you. Oh, okay. You know, like that kind of thing. I was like, wait, there's no benefit. The garbage will start smelling. I understand. No, right. Like my my brother leaves his dirty sink in the dirty dish in the sink. What's the benefit is his sister puts it in the dishwasher. See, and I'm the woman, so I think of it as, well, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Right, right. Right, so I can't avoid that. But what happened, okay, but this is, but. Now, my brother doesn't – this is a great example. So there's seven levels of energy, right? And the lowest is level one where you feel like a victim. So when my brother – this is playing out in a very interesting way right now, very live. My brother doesn't put the dish in the sink. I switch into level one energy, victim, or maybe angry, which is level two. And what's the result of that, the benefit of that? The benefit is I complain to my parents – 
And it makes me, so I'm complaining to my parents. So the benefit for me is, well, mom and dad now feel bad for me. See what I mean? It's like, so what I'm saying here is sometimes there is benefit. There's an underlying benefit in these, in the reasons why we avoid. So if we are, um, you know, in level one and we're really being a victim, we're also keeping ourselves safe. Right, yeah. like you're keeping yourself safe if you're and getting a, attention from and others, getting attention you know. from others, and it's working for you in some way. Yeah. How's that working for you? You know, well, it is working for you in some way. Sometimes, if you are someone who uses anger a lot, again, that could be protection. Or what about the manager that uses anger to get stuff done? You know, to motivate air quotes the team. Yeah, people are getting shit done, but they're not happy about it. Right. You're not really motivating them, but you are getting things done. To him, it may, him or her, it might be a benefit. Yeah. So there are always benefits to avoiding different things. But, you know, on the same token that, say, that manager who uses anger to get their team motivated, what about if they used um, collaboration, right, right. Or, which is a much higher level energy, the outcome is going to be so much better because you're not creating hard feelings around mm-hmm. the team. You're creating collaboration on the team, all that kind of stuff. So, you know... It, you could see the difference in um, the benefit of it. Yep. The, the other reason why we avoid too is that human nature, right? Our brains are wired to be part of a group that is natural, right? So if you were part of a group in the primal years, yes. you were safer. Yes. If you were alone, it was dangerous. So this when is hardcore, hard wire survival. This is hard. Yeah, exactly. And so we avoid because we want to belong because we want to feel connected, which makes us happy and safe. Right. Yeah. So it makes absolute sense. However, when we... When we build relationships on falsities and being inauthentic to ourselves and our feelings because we are avoiding, right? it ends up backfiring because you'll build up resentment or yeah. the emotion will eat you up and you'll vomit. Right. Or you will, you'll be such a pushover that the relationship won't really be. Reci- there won't be reciprocity in the relationship. Right, It'll and really all be relationships really do need that. Yeah. I was watching something recently where someone described it as a pebble in your shoe, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, you could deal with the pebble in your shoe. It's a little uncomfortable if you had to walk down the block. But if you were to, you know, do a marathon with the pebble in your shoe, you know what you would feel like at the end of that, oh, yeah. right? And so if you're not addressing things, after a while, it feels like running a marathon with a pebble in your shoe. Yeah. It's unbearable. Yeah. And, you, and you know, one of the things I want to be clear as we're kind of talking about this is you may be an avoider in certain areas of your life and not others. So yes. maybe you're an avoider when it comes to money. And this is very common, common, especially for Gen Xers. You know, there's a lot of research about the financial situation and struggles of Gen Xers and how ill-prepared they are for retirement. And you can avoid looking at it, or you can you can start looking at it and start planning. Um, I know a lot of people who avoid doing their will. Because, yes. like, if I do my will... That what? means I'm going to die. Well, you're going to die, and then you're going to have a clusterfuck because... <laughs> right, you for have, your kids. Yeah. So, so, like, we have to... 
do the hard things. So, so, you know, when it comes to money, when it comes to, when it comes to your wills and your retirement, you need to take care of that. So don't avoid it. It's not going to go away. So this is the other thing too, is it's almost like um, people feel like if I, if I say it out loud, I'm going to draw attention to it. Right. No, we all know it's there. Right. We all know it's there. Right. It's not like it's not there. You know, we all know that death is here or we all know that my parents are going to age. I can avoid, you know, um, the inevitable that is my mom needs to have more support or I can handle it. Right. right? So like we, there was a benefit to well, it, but I get it. It's easier to avoid a lot of times, but it's not. It's like the, the monster that you like put in the closet. And then right. the more you avoid it, the scarier it feels. Right. So I, I, I want to say like, trust yourself in your capability yeah. to be able to handle things, whether it's a money issue, a scary diagnosis, if it's relationship issues, parent issues. And listen, we all, I, I'm, was just speaking very candidly about my own, right? But trust your ability to be able to navigate these circumstances. And that will help you get over, you know, you could start taking one step at a time. And the other thing is also with these bigger situations like your will or a difficult money situation or a health situation, you're not going to, this is a journey. You're not going to get it all done in an hour. So it's figuring out how to handle things one bite at a time. Yeah. And if you look at the segments of your life, like money or relationships or health or weight or work or caretaking, and you realize that, you know what? I don't do, I don't avoid at work, but I really avoid in my relationship. Right. Or I really avoid, or, or I really avoid the money. You need to think about why you need to get to the root cause of that. You know, Mimi mentioned it before that most of our beliefs about who we are are embedded early in our life, right? So if our, if you, for example, um, I'm an only child, I'm married to an only child, right? And so if I didn't have conviction in my ability to be alone, if I got a divorce, I would never be able to face my husband and be direct with him in conflict Mm -hmm. because I would be worried. I'd avoid it Mm -hmm. for worry of being alone. Right. 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 You know, that I'm just giving that as an example. So really understand that if you were, um, if your parents struggled with money their whole life, your way of dealing with money may be to not look at it. Right. And, and some people may look at it all the time. But that, so, like, take a look at the root cause, because if you can understand why you avoid in certain areas, you can start to change it. And how do you change it? Let's talk a little bit about that. You know, one of the things you can do is take a look at the segments where you don't avoid. Right. And apply right. some of those principles to where you do, you do avoid. avoid. Here's something else I want to mention that I, I dealt with this past week, and it's your worth attached to the situations that are going on around you. So for those of you, like at the beginning of the summer, I started to do Weight Watchers. I lost like five, six pounds. And then I knew in August I got off track with my mom being um, not well. And I went back to Weight Watchers yesterday. And so they and always- she didn't avoid it. And I didn't she avoid She didn't avoid it. getting on the scale. Nope. And so, you know, a lot of times, like I'll avoid going because- I'm afraid the number will be high and that's going to make me feel really crappy about myself, mm. right? 
And so today I decided, yesterday I decided I'm not avoiding this. Whatever the, the weight is, it is. It doesn't make me a bad person. It makes me actually a good daughter because I was like busy taking care of my mom and dad. So anyway, um, they always ask you before you check in, like, how are we feeling this week? I said, I'm feeling like I'm here to face the music. <laughs> she laughed. <laughs> I was up two pounds. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So, so the, it's really, when you think about how to stop avoiding, we want you to think about a couple of ways to do that. A lot of times, we talk about this in everything that we do, and, and this is a big coaching principle and human principle, which is how do you microdose, right? And this yes. is not a drug thing, right? But how do you microdose not avoiding? So if you find yourself in relation in your relationship that you avoid having difficult conversations with your spouse for fear of a fight or fear of combat or fear of being dejected or whatever that looks like, start small. Like right. what is the small thing that you can disagree on when he says I want Italian can you say I, want I really Chinese. want I really don't want Italian I want Chinese right instead of avoiding using your voice all right that's that's an easy way to do that so yeah. think about small ways to do that if you're at work and you're avoiding and you've been avoiding having a conversation with your boss about uh, uh, the workload being you know impossible then just have a conversation with your boss to ask, is there any way that this one project can be, sp- that I can have more time on this one project? You're not avoiding, you're not taking on the big thing though, right? So, so really think about how you can microdose those, those ways to stop avoiding. Yeah, I love that because it really builds up that resilience. So put it on your schedule, right? So Jackie and I, Jackie, Jackie and I are so polar opposite. I, I put everything on my schedule that stresses Jackie out. But in this case, when you, she's making a face, like you got to be kidding me. No, but, I, but I, in this, I, it works but, for you. I don't yeah. think so at all. I just think it doesn't. Do work you think me. though, if there's something that you have to do and you broke it into a microdose, if you put it on your calendar, you would do it or no? I don't put. I don't like it on my calendar. I like it in a list. In a it's list, just how I like it. Okay. I don't like it on my calendar. Okay. Because I know energetically what I need. Like, I know how I, what I need to work on, but I also know energetically what I can work on. Right. And then what happens if it's on my calendar is it forces me to work on something and it takes me twice as long because energetically that's not You're not ready. Okay. Okay. So for me, that's how I know my body. And what I'm saying, you know, as I'm saying this, another little variation on this. That's a great point, Jackie. I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. Another variation on this is say you have to, um, I don't know, get ready for your taxes. Mm-hmm. And this feel, it's a, who wants to do that, right? So maybe break it out into tiny chunks and put that tiny chunk on either your calendar or your list. So what I mean is for a half hour, I'm going to gather all my receipts. Yeah. All right, now that's done. Uh, this is right? big from resumes, yeah. ladies, because yeah. this yes. is one of the biggest hurdles Avoiders. that clients yeah. have. They're like, I, uh, I I have to get my resume done, and it's like a month later, and they haven't gotten it done. I was like, just write two bullets. Right. Like, what? I'm like, two bullets for, for your job that you're in now. And they're right. like, oh. And they're like, I did that. And I was like, okay, now next week, write two yeah. more. Yeah. That's it. You know, because that's all you have to do. So you're absolutely right. That's a great way to stop avoiding. Yeah. Um, the other thing to do to stop avoiding is just to realize and recognize that everyone is different. The way they think, their beliefs, their backgrounds, their settings, their thoughts, their tolerances. Mm-hmm. So 
It's okay that yours are different too, but just be open and curious about how you approach things. And if you, if you approach things curiously versus right or wrong, you will stop avoiding those conversations. Right. Because you're doing it from a place of curiosity, not a place of yes. rebuttal. Yes. And that's a very curiosity energy. Is so, yes. Yeah. I love curiosity. Yeah. Right? Because it just changes things. You're not trying to be like the right guy or the wrong. It's like, no, I'm just curious. Like, what were you thinking? Yeah. You could really discover a lot. All right. Realize once you start taking action towards something, you're going to start to build momentum. It's like a principle of physics, really, mm-hmm. right? Like an object in motion stays, stays in motion, motion, right? So just consider that it will get easier. And I can't tell you how many times I'm avoiding doing something. And then I sit down, I'm like, oh, no, I'm into it. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So, it's it's yeah. the momentum thing. Also, consider the consequences of avoiding, right? Go back to the resume. The consequence of avoiding is if you got laid off tomorrow, you wouldn't be prepared. That right. sucks. Yeah. Talk about pressure. If you, if the right job, the time. Right, if the right job came along or the, the right. So that's, that's a consequence or the consequence of avoiding getting your colonoscopy. That's been me. And not that I've been avoiding it. I've just need to schedule it. Like God forbid of something, right? It's those types of things right. that, we, that we want you to think about. Right. Right. And yeah. And what about preparing and practicing those kinds, those two really go hand in hand. So this is really especially helpful for those difficult conversations or situations, right? Prepare for them. Yeah. Run through your mind. Well, what's what do I want to get out of it? How do I want to show up? How do I want to approach it? This way you're not really that caught off guard and practice it. Mm-hmm. Practice it by yourself in the mirror with another friend. That will make you feel more comfortable and help you get over that first initial hurdle. And then it will just get easier from there. I want to bring something up because that that makes me think about difficult conversations. How many of you listening to this, and Mimi, I'm going to ask this of you, I bet each and every one of you can acknowledge how much better you felt on the other end of a difficult conversation Mm -hmm. versus avoiding it. Because, and not that there's always a resolution, but you often feel closer to someone after having that difficult conversation because they are more open to your perspective than you assumed. They are more willing to listen than you assumed. And so don't make assumptions about how someone's going to react. Right. You know, put yourself out there and have that difficult conversation, whatever that looks like. And on the flip side of that, say you have a difficult conversation and you feel weird afterwards, right? Like don't, that doesn't necessarily mean that it was a bad conversation. It means that you're still processing it. Like there are emotions that come up. You may feel guilt, right? Or you may feel, I don't know, just weird or vulnerable or any of those things. That's okay. Like the discomfort sometimes it is what needs to come along for the ride. Yes. So don't consider the discomfort that you're feeling as something bad or, or an indicator that something went wrong. Right. Situations happen and we get to choose if we're going to let it, if we're going to let that situation, no matter how bad it is, be the dictator for our future, or if we're going to recognize the situation is the situation and it's going to be part of our past. And right. that's the big, that's the big difference in that. Sorry, kid, my kid's calling as usual from school. Uh, anxiety. anxiety. Third day of school anxiety. Um, lastly, one of the things that you can do is just shift your mindset. 
before you, uh, when you're going to stop avoiding something, shift your mindset from uh, difficult, conflict, struggle to resolution, ease, uh, accomplishment, you know, getting through to the other side. Because if you can think about how it will feel afterwards, or if you can think about the benefit, the resolution, then you'll be able to go into it with an energy that will be much more productive for right. you. And then the last thing I just want to mention, I do this a lot. I like to think of it like at the end of my life, looking back, I want to make sure that I left no stone unturned. And if there was a situation, I don't want to go back and say, oh, I wish I did X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. No regrets. No regrets, right? And that means having these conversations or, you know, looking at a money situation and, and making adjustments so that, you know, by the end of my life, I'm in a different situation or whatever it is, right? Health situations. Address it because it gives you more control over the outcome and you don't want to regret that there was something maybe that you could have done yeah. to make life easier for yourself. Yeah, I agree. So, all right. So we are not going to avoid ending the podcast. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> if you are looking for coaching support or if your company is looking for leadership consulting, let us know. Give us a call. Reach out to us. We're working with some big companies and having a lot of fun doing that. Oh, my that. God. So, so much fun. So uh, reach out to me, Jackie, at ModernGenXWoman.com, and we'll schedule some time to talk. And until next week, cheers, cheers to your, your magnificence. magnificence. Modern Gen X Woman is the podcast created with you in mind. If you're inspired by this episode, please leave us a review. It's so important. Look. We know it's not easy for you to stop and go over and leave a review, but it is so appreciated by Mimi and myself, and it really helps other amazing Gen X women like you find us so that they too can become the modern Gen X.